How's it going, everybody? It is 11.45 Friday afternoon, December the 20th, and we are on the weekend eve of the holiday season. Whatever you celebrate, whatever you uh, believe, I hope you have a good season. I hope it's, it's pleasant for you. I hope it's uplifting for you. But right now, it's time for this week's edition of The Homeward Path. This is the show by me. My name is Adam. I'm a husband, a father of three, and hold down a full-time job. And in addition to that, somehow, someway, we try our best to find a way to make competitive magic work. We're talking about the kinds of things you need to do in order to play magic on a tight budget, whether that budget is your time, your finances, or both. And this week is going to be my last week of 2019. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to try to rush a 60th episode in because uh, in the interest of full disclosure, I am currently without wireless internet in my house and my phone is almost out of data. So researching topics to talk about right now is proving a little difficult until such a time as we can get that fixed. So what I'm going to be talking about this week, thankfully, did not require any research. I'm going to be talking about my goals for 2020. I'm not going to be diving super deep into any kind of established magic theory or anything of that type. We're just going to be talking about what I plan to do in 2020 and how I plan to go about doing it. And if you want to have a good experience executing your plan of attack to upgrade your playing space, head over to our sponsor at inkgaming.com. Use the promo code CCMTG10 at checkout. Get 10% off your order. It'll go a long way towards making your playing space look a whole heck of a lot greater. And if you, like me, have goals, have aspirations to improve at Magic in a quantifiable way this next year... Head over to the network at constructedcriticism.com. They're not just the hosts of this show. They're also all shows that I am a massive fan of. I feel like I get better at magic strictly from listening to them. If you do nothing else, just listen to the content on this network. It is so good. And if you want to help me in my quest for improvement, you can head over to patreon.com slash homeworkpathmtg. This show and every other piece of major content that I make is always going to be free. But if you like what I'm doing enough to help me keep doing it, please feel free to head over there and show your support. Uh, Again, I'm going to repeat it. I did just revamp the reward system for my Patreon tiers. They are much more clearly defined, much more laid out directly in front of you, and I hope much more worth the uh, investment from your perspective. So with all the shills out of the way, let's dive into our main topic this week. For those of you who weren't here last year, weren't here this time in 2018, I had played my first PPTQ that fall. I played a 1K over the summer. And I played side events at uh, Grand Prix Memphis in 2018. Well, this year I I had decided I wanted to play the main event at Grand Prix Memphis. I wanted to experience magic at at its most competitive level. I wanted to play more magic and I wanted to play more meaningful 
Magic. I wanted to play more Magic with a purpose. And while the arena grind has not gone particularly well, I keep finding myself trapped in gold forever. I feel like I've been able to do that this year. Whether it's playing more on Arena, uh, picking back up Magic Online in the last month or so, or just playing the games that I have with coworkers on breaks at work. Whether it's teaching, whether it's you know trying to test a matchup on Arena, whether it's playing Arena tournaments, which by the way are just fantastic and should absolutely be a thing more going forward. I love it. I love that we get to do this and get it. The more I've played it, it's it's similar to how passionate I became about football once I started studying it. The deeper I dive into magic, the deeper I want to dive. So with that in mind, my first magic oriented goal for this year, I want to make a run at mythic on arena, at least one, hopefully more, you know, because once you get there the first time, you don't get knocked an absurdly long way back down. And there's there's a plan in place to go about that. First of all, I've already stopped buying packs and crafting cards. I'm going to wait until Theros Beyond Death drops to start looking at it. Part of that is due to the instability of a format after a new set releases. Proactive decks tend to kind of rule the roost for a few weeks, so if I can have, if I can be just a little bit ahead of the game in that regard, maybe that'll, that'll give me a leg up and give me a head start, give me a jump start, similar to how the, uh, the Is It Phoenix deck did when we first came up with the idea of playing Sahili and Finale Promise in the deck. But it goes beyond that. Because right now, the, the idea, most of my collection building has been with the goal of playing quests, uh, testing matchups. It hasn't been anything to do with the ladder grind. So, correlating to what we were talking about last week in regards to format constraints, one of the formats I have a good, solid gauntlet of decks for is Best of One. Uh, spell Red... The, the mono-white aggro, the, the venerated Loxodon deck, the blue-black Terramander deck, all of these are very, very good at doing one thing. If they don't get to do that one thing, they probably lose, but when they do that one thing, it feels absurdly powerful. I.e., the Terramander deck's really good at killing creatures, the venerated Loxodon deck's really good at putting a bunch of creatures on the board to invalidate your spot removal, and the mono-red deck is really, really good at dealing a ton of damage in the first three turns, but is more vulnerable to spot removal. You know, potato, potato, tomato, tomato, if you will. They're very similar in that regard. They're all just really, really good at what they do. And that's a good place to start for arena grinding, but I, I can't help feeling like one of the best places I can be after the rotation, or after the, the new set drops is just getting, doing what I did for Eldrin, which is just saving up as much gold as I can. The goal is to get somewhere around 50,000. I think last time I ended up with 35. But the goal is to get somewhere around 50,000 gold saved up between now and when Theros Beyond Death releases. If I can get more than that, obviously I'm going to get more than that. 
but I want to get as much gold as I can so that I can get as many packs as possible when the set drops, refill my wild card collection, particularly the rare and mythics. And I think I'm going to take my first stab at the first stab at really trying to push the mastery pass to. I'm going to give that a good shot. I want to find out what that's about. It'll give me a, a talking point for later. Feels like a worthwhile investment. But the the arena grind to mythic is is goal number one. It's not something I'm going to be putting just a ton of stock and like my own personal self worth and lots and lots and lots of money into. But I will probably get the mastery pass and then anything extra that I get out of the mastery pass is going to go toward the next one, if that makes sense. So with that, with that out in the open, again, I intend to play a lot of best of one in the lower ranks just to, just to kind of turbo my way through them. Once I get into probably mid-tier gold, maybe higher, I probably will switch to best of three, although we'll see how the games are going. If we're on a hot streak, we're going to ride the hot streak until it stops. But we're playing, we're doing the arena grind for the purpose of understanding the arena grind, not for any kind of special understanding for standard. The second magic goal I have for 2020 is I want to play more of the more important events that come close to me. I've played, I've played something at Grand Prix Memphis for the last two years. Uh, 2018, I played mostly, I played all side events and cheered on Nick, even though he didn't do well, cheered on Andrew, even though he didn't day two. Uh, cheered on Mason, even though he lost his winning end. Cheered on my local, my local, my local boys. I'm not going to get to do that every year. I'm not, you know. And then this past year, I decided to go ahead and play the main event. It was my first Grand Prix. I wanted to see how I did. And while I was impressed with the way that I battled back, I have to consider the context of the format that we're going to be playing. The next time around, I was impressed with how I battled back this past round, but part of the thing for practical magic is making sure you're entering in events that you have reasonable chances to get, you know, reasonable chances to perform in. And it being my first Grand Prix, I went in not expecting anything to happen and it didn't. I bounced back from two really rough matchups, won two, two rounds in a row, and then caught another really bad matchup. There were definitely some things I could have done from a deck construction angle. There were definitely some things I could have done from a, a sideboarding perspective. But the long and short of it is the reason those things came up, the reason those things needed to be addressed is because I made mistakes in preparation. I was going in not expecting to do well. I was going in with a, a mindset, with an idea that this wasn't going to work out. And I was right because I went in with that expectation. So unless I am going into next year's Grand Prix Memphis 
Uh, for those of you who don't know, 2020's Grand Prix Memphis is going to take place in November, which is going to be a post-rotation standard format if it is standard. Uh, I We don't know the format of the event yet. There's a part of me that hopes it's Pioneer, not going to lie. But we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Right now, we just we don't know what it is. It's very likely to me, though, that it will be a post-rotation standard event simply because it is, it's taking place when it does. It takes place in November. It's right after the format rotates. It's, right, you know, give it a few weeks to let the format settle out. That's exactly when they like to do standard Grand Prix. As they ratchet up the competition, getting ready for Mythic Championships and Worlds. So, if I don't feel like I've broken the format in half, if I don't feel like I, I have access to the very best deck in the room, one that will, one that I'm comfortable enough with, that I'm winning at a high enough rate with, that I feel like I can do that, you know, translate the success I'm having where I am onto the tables at the Grand Prix, I'm probably not going to play the main event. But there are other events that take place near here. There's a ton of IQs and 1Ks and 5Ks and stuff like that that go on here all the time. There's events within walking distance of the house. We have box tournaments all the time. I need to be more willing to play when something's on the line. That's just, you know, that's something that I've struggled with the entire time I played Magic. Not being willing to play, you know, not being willing to put my money where my mouth was. So this next year for 2020 I want to do more of that I want to take that step I want to push myself give myself stiffer competition give myself something to be playing for and to be honest a little bit of it is wanting to prove that a budget player can do this as long as you manage the collection correctly the initial investment doesn't have to be astronomical and that's something I'd like to be able to prove You also, you know, get by with a little help from your friends at times. But that's goal number two. Play more events that matter. Less, not saying I want to play less FNMs or Saturday Night Moderns or Saturday Night Pioneers or Sunday Afternoon Paupers or anything of that sort. I just want to play more other events too. I want to play more meaningful ones. And those are my, my two big magic goals for the year. From a content creation standpoint, I have two pretty major goals too. On the content creation front, I have been erratic over the last year in making sure my stuff is out on the day it's supposed to be out on. This week's obviously no exception. I have to do a better job of that. That falls squarely on my shoulders. I can blame that on family life. I can blame that on, on work. I can blame it on fatigue. I can blame it on whatever I want to. I have to do a better job. And everybody's been so understanding. Everybody's been so supportive. When I, when I message out, say, hey, I can't do it this week. Something's come up. I can't. I need to have a, a fail-safe system in place to prevent that from being an issue. Whether it's backlogging a couple of more generic kind of 
classic episodes, the, the episodes that are evergreen that don't have to have to worry about aging poorly or whether it's just resetting my recording schedule so that I can record earlier in the week and absolutely positively have it edited, uploaded, and then uh, published on the day that it's supposed to be published. I've got to do a better job keeping to the keeping setting a schedule and then sticking to it. The other goal I have as a as a content creator for 2020, I want to do more episodes with other people. As much as I love doing this show, I can only imagine how bland it is just listening to me talking to a mic all the time. I, I just. Full disclosure, I kind of hate the sound of my own voice. So, if you ever talk to me, you would never believe it because I almost never shut up. But, I kind of hate the sound of my own voice. So, hearing another voice firing back, back and forth, having a little bit more dialogue, having a little bit more back and forth, I, you know... I love doing the episodes with Brett because obviously we've been friends for longer than a lot of people that listen to the show have been alive. We've been, we we just have that natural kind of back and forth chemistry, a little bit of back and forth banter. And he loves doing the show, but I I can't rely on him to be like a a permanent co-host because his work schedule is really, really, really erratic. He's a nurse. We, We can't guarantee days off. We can't guarantee days of the week off so I've got to figure something out along those lines if not a permanent co-host if not somebody I can do this with regularly just the ability to get in touch with other people more often and have guests involved in the in the show that's something I want to do for 2020 just get another voice on the show more often and then lastly I want to talk about some personal goals that have nothing to do with magic or the show or the network. I just, I want to talk about some goals I'm setting for myself. I want to put them on the record. I want other people to hold me accountable for such, for said goals. The first one, listen, I am 30 years old. There is a massive history of heart disease and diabetes in my family. And I currently weigh somewhere in the neighborhood of 330, 340 pounds. I have to change that. I can't do this forever. I have to get, I have to fix myself. And it's not for me. It's for my wife, for my children, to make sure that I am around to to help take care of them, to make sure they have everything they need. I can't do that if I'm strapped to a bed because I can't move. I can't do that if if I can't walk for longer than a couple of hours at a time. I can't do that if I'm in a hospital bed recovering from a heart attack at the age of 45. You know, it's it's not feasible. I have to do, I have to get myself in better shape. I have to get this weight back off of myself. I have done it before. I have to get back to doing what I was doing before. Hold myself accountable, keep myself on task, keep myself on track, and set myself up to improve my physical health. 
because all of my other ailments get better if I'm not carrying all this extra weight around. The asthma, the 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 knee and back and uh, shoulder problems. If we don't have this giant tire in the front of me weighing everything down, it probably makes things a little easier on the rest of myself. And do not get this twisted. I am not shaming anybody that is in this in a similar situation and is not and, and feels trapped is not aggressively seeking out these kinds of situations. I'm just doing this. This is an isolated case for myself and my family. I am. I have been motivated in the last few months to get to work on it, to get started on it. But I have to hold myself to it. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to put it out on the record and let everybody hold me accountable if it doesn't happen. The second personal goal for 2020 is to be a better husband and father, be more present, be more supportive. And this is one that definitely falls under the banner of always improving because you never, there is no such thing as a perfect husband or a perfect parent. You are always feeling like you are not good enough. But I can be more present when someone at home is is talking, when we're having a conversation. I can put my phone away. I can step away from other hobbies, from the from the hobbies that divert my concentration in a way that I can't interact with my family. I have to do a better job of that this year. I have to do a better job of making sure that the things I'm doing are, are to their benefit the vast majority of the time, whether it's making sure I'm getting home on time, whether it's making sure I'm not spending a ton of time like through the week out and about, I've got to do a better job of that. And then my last personal goal is related to my job. And it's not a promotion I'm seeking. It's not anything of that type. My job surprised me this past week. I I did not see it coming. I was not notified that it was on on the agenda. I was not notified that it was something that might happen. There was no conversation with me about the fact that this was even remotely likely. But it happened just the same. Uh, we're, we're just moving right along doing what we do every day. And I get pulled off the line by the plant manager, said, hey, let's go. I need to, we need to talk to you for a minute. And we ended up going upstairs to the company president's office. And that's when they told us we have a meeting on January the 18th. We said, that's a Saturday. Why do we have to come in on a Saturday? I said, oh, we should clarify. It's a stockholders meeting. I said, what? (laughs) That was the first time in a very long time I have been struck completely and utterly speechless. For the first company I have ever worked for that said, hey, we really like what you're doing. We're really glad to have you. So we feel you should own a portion of the company. 
Now, I am not abreast of the logistics of this yet. It's going to take some figuring stuff out. But the reason that ties into a goal is because we've had a lot of personnel turnover in the last year. I mean, we're, we're a factory that deals with temp agencies. We're going to have a lot of turnover. I try my best not to. I try to make sure I am available. I try to make sure I'm training people well, trying to make sure I'm being supportive, trying to make sure I'm being... Uh, reasonable in my expectations of people but at the end of the day some people just don't work out in that line of work that's okay it doesn't mean they're worthless people it just means they don't they're not suited for that kind of work they'll find something better for them down the line but one of the people we lost was our uh, overall floor supervisor and while we've we've kind of uh, delegated duties around to try to fill the void, there's definitely been a major void in leadership on the floor. I want to step up and fill that role in not an official capacity, just an unofficial one. I want to be the person, the people on the floor, the 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 people who are asking questions feel comfortable asking those questions too. So the goal that I'm setting for myself regarding my job is to be a more assertive and a more vocal leader for 2020. Not, not yelling at people, not screaming at people, not demanding people do things, but just kind of coaching them up for lack of a better term, making sure people, myself included, are always on task, providing a good example for the people coming in the door being the best version of myself so that I can help the people around me be the best version of themselves while we work. And that's all I've got for this week, everybody. Again, the, the long and short of it is I've got goals set forth for 2020 related to every facet of the life that I live. Magic I want to play, I want to take my first stab at trying to grind a Mythic on Arena. Even if it takes me the entire year. If I get it December 31st, I'll consider it, you know, everything I was aiming to do. I want to play more events that matter in the grand scheme of the Magic competitive magic populace I want to play more events that matter in that grand scheme of things this year IQs 1Ks that kind of stuff I know there's events within probably a two hour driving radius Memphis has them all the time and I've got places to stay that are closer than my house both my brother John and Brett live out that way now and from a content creation standpoint, I need to set a schedule, a production schedule, and hold to it. And I want to get an extra voice on the show more often. And then from a personal life standpoint, I got to get this weight off of me. I've got to be more present, more supportive for my wife and children. And in my professional life at work, I've got to be a more assertive and vocal leader to make everybody else's job easier in 2020. Those are the goals I'm setting for myself. What are yours? 
You can let me know on Twitter. I'm at HomewardPathMTG. On Facebook, my name is Adam Spain. On the Facebook group, the Homeward Pathfinders, you can find me in there pretty regularly. Uh, you can, if you're a patron of the show, you have access to the Patron Pathfinders Discord. One of the benefits to being a patron of $5 or more is helping me write an episode. Your episode topics get suggested, you get bumped up to the front of the line to be used first. So, if you're a patron of $5 or more and you have an idea, please send it to me. I want to I use it. I want to give back to the people who've been giving to me all this time. And quite frankly, I just really love doing this. And that's, that's what I want to leave on before I do, obviously, my favorite segment every week. Right now, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening for the last year, year and a half. We've been doing this since late July, early August of 2018. I did this on an independent blog for many months before that, but it was not very effective, and I did not keep the episodes. Uh but I want to thank everybody that listens, everybody that, that shares, everybody that comments, everybody that talks. Every time that little messenger icon pops up in, in the window on my phone, it's exciting. It's great. I love doing, I love seeing it. It's just, it's beyond anything I ever expected when I started doing this show. So without further ado, let's, let's dive into the real star of the show, shall we? Hashtag. MTG dad jokes. Cause I love good. I love puns. I love magic. It just made the absolute most perfect sense to do MTG dad jokes as my ending segment. The first one is from, let's see if I can get to pull up at gray ghost altars says legend has it. The obsidat doesn't take kindly to late rent payments. Their evictions are merciless. <laughs> And then, of course, goes on to this ex- goes on to say this extended art merciless eviction is up for sale in my Etsy shop. There's a and a link to pictures of it that look fantastic. You should probably check it out. Second one is from at modest modern MTG, and it says accumulated knowledge modern times beer. This is preparing to draw a card, then draw a card for each beer named accumulated knowledge that I've had tonight. I've there's a part of me that can't help feeling we're not going to be accumulating a lot of knowledge other than uh, how many beers is too many. But that's okay. I'm here for it anyway. I love it. And last but not least, we have... At DL Trinkle is my, was my actually my first round opponent from the uh, CC Discord Open. Says when MTG dad's kids have colds, they don't tell them to grab a hanky. Instead, they tell them to grab their thought, their snotsies. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I used that this morning. Sarah looked at me like I'd grown a second head, and I had to apologize and see myself out of the room. But I laughed. That's the important part, right? the The mark of a good dad—that's exactly the mark of a good dad joke. So, well done, Dennis. Thank you. And that's all I've got for this week, everybody. Again, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to seeing and hearing from everyone in the next year. But I'm going to be taking a break until then, both to finalize a better recording schedule 
and to just spend time with the family through this this holiday this upcoming holiday season because my work schedule's frankly kind of screwy. We're we're only getting off Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. So I gotta I gotta make the best of the time that I have. Try to use up the last little bit of vacation time I've got and look forward to the next year with enthusiasm, with excitement, and I hope you will too. But until then, that's the homeward path for 2019, and we'll catch you on the other side. Take it easy.